Okay, I wanted to um, just point something out. Like, I really just sense, um, just like the Holy Spirit, just like resting here. Um, I walked in feeling anxious, not necessarily about um, sharing today, because I feel like you know, the Lord has given me a word. I feel like he going to say what he going to say, and it's just going to be what it's going to be. But so not necessarily about that, but just just an over, overwhelming anxiousness. And I walked in, and it was almost like I just felt this heavy presence. And not heavy in the sense that it felt like a weight, but it felt like a blanket, like something that was just covering me. And so I don't know if you guys sense it, but I just sense that... Um, that the spirit, though he is always here, sometimes I just feel like he gives us an extra sweet like taste and an extra heaviness that we need to settle us, <laughs> to remind us that he is at work. And so I am praying that we will experience that today, even through what um, I have prepared, that we will sense that the Lord is giving us an extra special message, an extra special um specific word um, that meets us kind of where we are, which for me is all over the place. I don't know about Uh, (laughs) y'all. But anyway, so let me adjust. (laughs) Jesse, you're tall. I'm like, I'm tall, but I'm like, I'm struggling to get up on here. (laughs) Okay, well, let me just pray to ground this. God, we just thank you that you love us enough to be with us, to be near us, to be working through us. God, we thank you that you are here. Um, We always say we welcome you here, but God, you're already here. And thank you for letting us feel that in a real way. God, I just pray that... um, your word would just go go forth and that um, you would be the one to bring understanding, conviction, um, and ultimately that you would be the one who um, just transforms us. And so we're thankful. We really are. In your name, amen. Amen. Okay, so today I'm here to declare that God is inviting us to be present in the waiting because it is there that we experience transformation in the work of God. So we're going to be reading out of Acts 16, um, verses 6 through 14. Um, So I am a terrible reader. So I was going to ask Jesse to read it for us, but can you talk really loudly? Okay. Uh, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of, say, Phrygia? Better you than me. Keep going. They headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through uh, Messiah, 
to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across the island of Samothrace, and the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Did you guys get all that? You can quote it word for word. Wow, don't worry, I'm going to recap. Um, okay, so Paul and Silas are traveling, and they have kind of this idea of where they want to go. So they're headed towards Asia Minor. And so it says that they get to one place, and it says that the Spirit of God blocked them. It doesn't say how he blocked them. I don't know if they felt you know, kind of weird, or if there was like actual physical resistance when they arrived. I'm not exactly sure. It doesn't tell us that. Um, but so they go, you know, that's fine. We'll go north. You know, we'll kind of go there. Um, and so they go and the spirit of God blocks them again. And it's like, no. And so then they decide, okay, we're going to Taurus. Was that how you pronounce it? Troas, Taurus, Okay, <laughs> so they show up there, and really it's like a, a waiting. It's like, uh, well, we tried to go here, and we tried to go there, and we got blocked. And so it's there that they have a vision of someone in Macedonia who's saying, hey, come, you know, come and share with us. And so that is where they head. They get there. They meet Lydia and a group of women. They open, um, Lydia opens her heart to the message and receives it. They go to their, their house. It's great, right? And so when I first read this passage, I thought, perfect. I know exactly where we're going with this. We're going to talk about the Lord's ability to guide and direct us. I even had kind of a title. I was like, guidance from God, you know, because I was like, oh, that's two G's and it'd be like a play on words and stuff. Um, And then, but the more I kind of sat with it, the more I was like, I don't actually think that's like the route that I'm feeling prompted to go. Instead, I felt more like I was supposed to talk about waiting, And what it means to wait on the Lord, what it feels like to be blocked when you're trying to get somewhere by the Lord. And so um, this could be just because I feel like my life these past few years has been a holding cell in a lot of ways. Um, But I also feel like the Lord has something collectively to say to us here. And so as I was like, okay, Lord, what am I going to talk about? I had this experience. Um, So this beautiful eight-year-old little girl has some money. You know, she got $20. It's a big deal. 
And it is burning a hole in her pocket. She thinks about it all the time. No matter where we go, she wants to spend this money. And so we're, you know, we're at the gas station. Can I buy a sucker? Can I buy uh, chips? And you can see the anxiousness in her. Like, can I buy chips? Can I buy, ah, and she has the, the money to do it. And I'm like, no, Mariah, no, sorry, babe, you can't. And so then we get somewhere else. And she's like, I need this stuffed animal. It will give me so much joy and I will be forever complete. It's only $1.99. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, you cannot buy that. And one would think, well, it's her money. She should be able to spend it however she wants to. And yes, you are right. But we had had a prior conversation where she said her tablet is broken. And she said, I want to use my money. It's like, I want to save up. Will you help me save up so I can get my tablet fixed? Right? And so that is the end goal, right? Is getting the tablet fixed. But for her, waiting to get this tablet fixed and having the means to buy other stuff in the meantime is too much. It is too much. So now I have confiscated the money just because I really do. She asked me to help her. I want to help her do that. But I was thinking, like, why is this so hard for her? Like, I was frustrated. Like, little girl, you said, do you want the tablet or not? You know? But I was thinking... In her mind, and even if I'm honest, for me, when I want something, I want it now. And it feels like suffering to have to wait. And so that's the thing about waiting is waiting often feels like suffering because it is living in the tension between my desire but not my timing. And so Paul wanted to go to Asia Minor, which was good. It's it's not that it was bad, but it wasn't God's timing. And I think what's what's even more hard, and me and Jesse were talking about this, it's when the timing is unknown. So when God says wait, and you have no clue what that means, like forever, or like an hour, or six months, like at what point are you going to lift this block so I can do what I want to do? Or you know what I mean? And so we were kind of talking about that, and um, we just thought that was like the hard part of waiting is because I can't tell Mariah when she's going to be able to get this tablet. On what day will she be able to save enough? And so a lot of times, waiting feels like suffering, And I think I resonate with that suffering so much because for me, I have wanted to move back home or just closer to my family for a long time. Soon soon as I arrived, I was like, this has been great. All right, see you later. And then I started having kids and I'm like, I want my kids to know my family. Okay, God, like, let's go. But I feel like God has been blocking me has not made a clear way for me to get back home. And it's hard. But I I think for a moment I started to realize or started to question, well, is my desire to want to go home bad? Like, was Paul's desire to want to go to Asia Minor bad? Well, no. Like, he wanted to share the good news of who God was with the people there. And so in my mind, I'm like, that's, 
that seems almost in alignment with what um, Jesus said when he said to go and make disciples of all nations. To me, that seems in line. So I'm like, okay, so it's not that it was bad, but it just wasn't the timing that God has said. And so I think oftentimes we believe that when God blocks us, that it is our desire that is wrong, or we blame it on the enemy. We're like, the devil is blocking me. Like the devil is telling me to wait because this is good. But in reality, it doesn't always mean that. Like just because God has blocked us doesn't mean that the desire is wrong. And um, in Isaiah 26, 8, it says, Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renowned are the desires of our heart. And so I think that as we seek to walk more closely with God, our desires actually begin to shift to look more like his. And so if I am seeking to have a relationship, an intimate, deep relationship with the Lord and be guided by him, my desires are going to start to be influenced by who he is. Does that make sense? And so I think, I'm not saying that this is never true. Sometimes your desire is trash and it's fleshly and it's not of God. It just is what it is. But, but there are more times as followers of Christ where our desire is actually in line with God. And he is just saying, you know what, babe? It's not the time. I am doing something else. And so we have to, I think we have to be able to check that. I think the Lord will check our spirit if it is wrong. Um, But I think we can move forward knowing that um, just because God said wait doesn't mean it's the desire necessarily, but not the divine timing. Okay. So what do we do in the tension? Um, I think... My tendency is to be bitter in the waiting when God has blocked me. I think my tendency is to be joyless in the middle and to keep my head down where I'm consumed by this desire. But I think... And I believe that in the midst of the waiting and in the tension, that God is actually asking us to look up, to open our eyes, and to see that, once again, the declaration that God is inviting us to be present in the waiting. Because it is there, too, that we get to experience transformation in the work of God. Psalms 135 says, I will wait for the Lord And in his word, I will put my heart hope. And by the word, Jesus is the word. And so I will put my hope in Christ. So what I love about this verse is, yes, the declaration of like, I will wait. They're pretty sure. That's awesome. Um, But I'm more fascinated about the word hope in it. Because I think the suffering feels, waiting feels less like suffering and feels less heavy when we realize that our joy, 
our wholeness, our like life doesn't start when we get there. It's not like, okay, you know what? Just hold on right there. I'm not going to do anything in you until you get there. So in the waiting, it's like we have to understand that it's not that when our desire gets met, that like we will experience transformation in the work of God. Like it's already happening because our hope is in Christ who is with us in the tension. And so I think when we realize that you can experience that kingdom come today as it is in heaven, like when we realize we can experience that in the midst of our waiting, it lifts this burden of I can only suffer right now. I can only experience the anxiety that comes with not knowing when. We can experience God's joy and his hope and his fullness today. And Jesse and I were talking, um, and we were like, I don't know how this came up. We were talking about a seed or farming, or I don't even know what we're talking about. Something came up about gardening. (laughs) And we were talking about how when you plant a seed in the ground, you do it with the desire and the hope to like reap the benefit of whatever fruit or vegetable that it's going to produce. But the reality is, is like so much is happening while the seed is still in the ground. Not, I mean, like even before you see that one little leaf that tells you I'm going to live, well, I've had some plants, you know, still die. But, <laughs> but even before you see any fruit of any kind, there is something already happening. Like if we could take, I'm sure there's videos, but if we could look under the ground, we would see that the seed and from the watering and the soil is soaking up nutrients and then it cracks open and then a process and then it kind of begins to stem and then it comes out of the ground. And then even still there's some waiting. You still don't get the fruit right away. And it's like, that is the process I think of waiting is that God is still doing something in you today. Even while you wait for your healing, even while you wait for the mending of your marriage, even while you wait for your season of singleness to be over. I know that was a long season for some of us, but like even while you are waiting, like God is still doing something in your life and he is still using your story in the midst of that that tension, that um, uncomfortable piece of waiting. And so just like with Paul and Silas, while they were waiting in Torres, Torres, yeah, yeah. (laughs) As they were waiting there, God sent them a vision and said, I'm going to send you here. And they went to Macedonia and God used their lives there. And that wasn't Asia Minor. That wasn't what necessarily what they were praying for, but God still led them there. He was faithful and he used them even in the midst of that and was transforming them. And so I just wanted to like say is like, I know that it's hard to wait. I know that waiting feels like suffering. I know that working through stuff is long, <laughs> And it's hard, and it's hard to be blocked, especially when you feel like your desire is good. But I just want um, 
us to be able to know that God will give us vision for what he is doing in our life if only we can look up and see that he is at work. And that even if the work is small and we're still under the dirt and we have a long ways to wait, like God is still um, engaged in us and wants us to be present to what he's doing. So I have some questions for you guys. Um, so, oh, you already have them? Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> so we'll just do some time of like reflecting. And I want you guys to really like think about what is something you are like praying about or something that you have been pursuing that you feel like has just been blocked. And then thinking through how have you responded? Because if I'm honest, I have responded with joylessness and grumbling. And then are you allowing yourself to be fully present or are you already in the future constantly? Like my hope is in this end thing. I just got to get to the end. Are you actually present to what is happening today? And then the last question is, how has God been working in your waiting? Like try and calm your body and calm your mind enough to really search and see, okay, God, how have you been faithful in my waiting? Okay, I'll give you guys about five minutes.